Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. We are New York on New York's Talk Radio 77 WABC. Now it's Rich Valdez. This is America with Rich Valdez, powered by PolitiWeek.com. And Rich Valdez is with us, former Christie administration official. You worked for Chris Christie, you've been in politics, done a lot of public service stuff. Rich Valdez, columnist now with the Washington Times. This is America. Richie V, you're on the air with the nation. The nation. This is America with your host, Rich Valdez. Party first Democrats within the media and their technocrat allies in the Silicon Valley are intent on lying their way back into the White House. They're repugnant and relentless. What's up? I am Rich Valdez, your liberty-loving Latino amigo, live from New York City, right here on the east side. We're in the WABC studios, world-famous talk radio, 77 WABC. Now... I want to invite you to get in on this conversation. So pull up a chair, get comfortable, get ready, because this is the fastest hour in talk radio. 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. The media is manipulating the masses from metropolitan New York City to the military medical center known as Walter Reed. Media manipulators here in Manhattan are taking their orders from the teachers' unions. And the press in Washington is chiming in with their attack on Trump, which in effect is an attack on America. It's an attack on you. Radical progressive Democrats, and I know you know who they are, in the media, they're taking advantage of American kindness. They're trying to take advantage of a sensitive, vulnerable moment in American history. Despite having all of the information from the CDC with only 6% of everybody that was infected with coronavirus solely dying from coronavirus, they keep pushing this stuff. No problem. Making it look like, I guess the best way to say it is like the coronavirus is overtaking America. Yet we've seen the truth. We're rounding the corner. Now, listen, I personally attended a rally yesterday in New York City with thousands of Trump supporters in the forgotten borough. And I'll get to that a little bit more in an upcoming segment that we're going to have. We're going to call it the pulse, where we keep our finger on the pulse of our community and our country. Again, I'm Rich Valdez with an S and on social media at Rich Valdez with an S. And I'm keeping you informed with headlines from my favorite aggregator, PolitiWeek.com. PolitiWeek.com brings us facts, real news, and conservative commentary. And that's me adding in a little bit of sobrito just for you. Now, New York City Mayor Bill El Bobo de Blasio held a press conference about two, three, four hours ago saying that he's proposing shutting down all businesses and schools in nine specific zip codes to stop the spread of coronavirus, and that they're thinking of doing this on Wednesday. I want you to listen to what Mayor Bill de Blasio has to say. Check this out. 
Steve, we got to watch uh, every situation we're facing here. Um, we understand this is uncharted territory. Look, I think all of our previous assumptions were based on our experience in the spring where the situation was consistent across the whole city. We saw obviously some real disparities in terms of impact, but the coronavirus was affecting every single part of the city intensely. Uh, we did not anticipate a situation where it would be so narrow in the scheme of things, only a small number of zip codes out of the whole city. Uh, so this is something we haven't dealt with before, but we think this is the best way to address it given the facts and the data we now have. To your point, we're going to watch carefully to see if we see any larger spread and address that. But I would say to everyone, uh, including folks who live in these zip codes, uh, to practice those safety measures because wherever they may go, so long as they are really being careful with those measures, the washing hands and the hand sanitizer and the face coverings and social distancing, uh, we believe we can contain the situation for the city as a whole. Now there's... There are 11 more zip codes that are on their watch list in addition to the nine that they're targeting for Wednesday. So that's 100 public schools, 200 non-public schools. And this is a pro, uh, excuse me, they're proposing this to be a two-week shutdown pending approval from Essential Andy, Essential Andy Cuomo of the Essential Andy Cuomo podcast. And I don't know how that's going to work out. So we're going to keep you um, up to speed on this as it develops because I, I found it really interesting as I was watching the press conference. And the mayor definitely looked uh, – he had a look of despair on his face. Now, some of the areas uh, – and they're not all of them, so you know, do your research on this. But the ones that I heard, and I quickly jotted down, uh, my old neighborhood of, of Midwood in Brooklyn, Sheepshead Bay, Gravesend, Bensonhurst, uh, Kew Gardens, Far Rockaway out in Queens. And this is what some of the – Back and forth with the mayor, with the media, that was what was going on in the press conference was people were saying, well, how are you going to shut down certain zip codes and not, and not others where they could just easily go to the store in another area? And if they have the coronavirus, they're going to spread it to these other areas. And the mayor was making the case and his doctors were making the case pretty clearly that this stuff from the evidence that they have seemed to be isolated to a couple of areas and that this was the best way to approach it. So speaking of Sheeps at Bay, I want to give a quick shout-out to the Fighting Brighton Engine and Ladder Companies of the FDNY. I met up with one of their guys at a uh, recent Spanish, um, excuse me, Hispanic Heritage Month celebration, and I was honored to receive a wonderful gift that they gave me. So big shout-out to those guys. And, of course, a huge shout-out to all of our boys in blue. Always want to back the blue. All of our firefighters, EMS, and all first responders. Because right now is a time where America's praying for the president. And this is a big deal. But there's a lot of people that are hating on the president, wishing him death. And I think it's disgusting. Truly disgusting. And we're going to get a little bit more on that as we go through the show. Because I want your reaction on that. I want your reaction on, is the media being fair to President Trump? I'm not sure. I... I personally always think that they're not being fair to him. So I say I'm not sure because, you know, I'm biased. I'm, I'm in favor of the president. I support his policies. But New York One is reporting that the president may be discharged as early as tomorrow because doctors are saying that he's doing well. So on the other side of the break, I want to get to a, a clip from the president. 
I want to talk about what's going on with the president, what's happening at Walter Reed, and a couple other things. But first, I want to say that my uh, broadcast colleague here, former Mayor Rudy Giuliani, has tested negative, and he announced that live with Curtis and Juliet on Friday here at 77 WABC. That same day, everybody here at 77 WABC was tested, as was I, and um, a woman shoved a Q-tip in my nose, and it made me tear. I did not like it, but that also came back negative, and I can tell you that was a negative experience. Meanwhile, El Jefe, my former boss, New Jersey Governor Chris Christie, tweeted that despite checking into Morristown Memorial Hospital as a precaution for his positive coronavirus um, diagnosis and subsequent treatment, he is feeling well. So join me in praying for El Trompito, Donaldus Magnus, El Presidente, Donald J. Trump, the 45th President of these United States, and El Jefe, former Governor Chris Christie, as the, these two tough fighters rest and recuperate and return to the campaign trail to win the election. So keep it locked right there. I am Rich Valdez. Our phone number is 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-WABC. We'll be right back. This is America. We are New York on New York's Talk Radio 77 WABC. Now it's Rich Valdez. All right, New York, welcome back. So we were talking about President Trump. I want to give you the phone number again, 800-848-9222, 800-848-9222. And if I sound a little distracted, it's because I am, because I'm, I was just looking at a video of the president. He just tweeted a video of himself uh, in the hospital. And uh, I'm going to bring that to you live since we don't have time to record it. Hold on, check this out. We're getting great reports from the doctors. This is an incredible hospital, Walter Reed. The work they do is just absolutely amazing, and I want to thank them all, the nurses, the doctors, everybody here. I've also gotten to meet some of the soldiers and the first responders, and what a group. I also think we're going to pay a little surprise to some of the great patriots that we have out on the street, and they've been out there for a long time, and they've got Trump flags, and they love our country, so... I'm not telling anybody but you, but I'm about to make a little surprise visit. So perhaps I'll get there before you get to see me. Uh, but I just, uh, when I look at the enthusiasm, and we have enthusiasm like probably nobody's ever had. Our people that love the job we're doing, we have more enthusiasm than maybe anybody. So uh, it's been a very interesting journey. I learned a lot about COVID. I learned it by really going. Going to school. This is the real school. This isn't the let's read the book school. And I get it and I understand it. And it's a very interesting thing. And I'm going to be letting you know about it. In the meantime, we love the USA and we love what's happening. Thank you. Well, there you go. You literally heard that here first. You didn't hear it anywhere else because it literally popped through on Twitter right now. And it might have been on a delay. So he might be outside Walter Reed right now. Look at that. The president is on TV. Driving around, saying hello. All right, this is a live shot. So we're looking at the president right now. It looks like the president just waved to the supporters. Earlier I said it looked like he may be going home as soon as tomorrow. And looks like he's doing a drive-by right now. I don't know where he's going, <laughs> if he's going back to the White House or if he's just driving around the block. But this is pretty funny stuff uh, because 
You know, it's El Trompito. And with El Trompito, Donaldus Magnus, the 45th president of these United States, El Presidente, you never know what to expect. And that's what I love about the president. I really do. But 5.21 p.m. right now, East Coast time. And uh, let's see the headline. I can't see Fox, but CNN is no clear picture of president's health as questions loom after briefing. So, of course, CNN painting this as a very negative event. And I wanted to get into that exact topic about how the media has been portraying this entire scenario, this whole thing, because I find it interesting, right? So yesterday there was a briefing – there was a briefing from the doctor. There was a briefing from the White House, from Mark Meadows. And I'm going to rewind this back to Friday, all right? So on Friday, I left the studio after doing the Mark Levin show. And I got an alert on my phone from the uh, Daily Mail UK, and it said, in all caps, serious, president is having trouble breathing. And I thought, oh my goodness, this is not good. So I clicked on the alert, and interestingly, it brought me to an article that was like four or five hours old that I saw earlier. And it just said, you know, president checks into Walter Reed. And I was like, well, that was from 7 o'clock. Everybody knew that. And I was like, where's this serious breaking news about the, you know, trouble breathing? Where is that? And it was nowhere to be found. So I thought to myself, is this clickbait from the Daily Mail? Are they just looking to get a little action? Is it an overzealous maybe intern working the Friday night overnight that said, oh, you know, misinterpreting some of what they talked about with respect? Because the media was in a frenzy. They were in a frenzy with respect to how is the president breathing? What's going on? Is he receiving supplemental oxygen? Now, again, I'm a radio guy right now, but, you know, I've had other experiences in life. One of the things that I can tell you when I was a uh, volunteer with the Nutley Police Department in New Jersey, the first thing you do if, if you're the first one to respond is give supplemental O2. That's just like part of what you do. Whether they need it or not, just put it on. It doesn't hurt. It's one of those things. So my point is, you know, for the media to be in such a frenzy over, did you give him supplemental O2? What's going on? Is he breathing? Now, I understand. Obviously, we want to know if the president's breathing. And we're concerned about that. But more importantly, the, the obsession that they had uh, with the doctor being very careful to not give any false information, which he later cleared up that, Probably as just standard protocol, they gave him some supplemental O2 because his uh, oxygen saturation was low. But as of the briefing yesterday and definitely as of the briefing today and the video I just played for you, the president seems fine. So it brings me back to memories of myself as a caregiver to my mom. My mom had you know COPD and specifically pulmonary fibrosis. And so I, I do have some, you know, multi-year experience as a caregiver to somebody that has breathing trouble. And I can tell you that, you know, boosting up O2 levels, and if you're a doctor or a nurse and you want to call the show, give us a call, 800-848-9222, 800-848-WABC. And you can correct me if I'm wrong, but as a layman, just as a caregiver, I would do that from time to time and when it was needed. For, for my mom. So my point is, this is not a huge deal that they were like, oh my gosh, this is what's happening, blah, 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 blah. So I just wanted to put that out there. And because this obsession that they had to me was, it was a little bit. Now, the other thing that, it was a little over the top. The other thing that I thought was really, um, I'm going to say problematic, was they were lying or at least manipulating the facts to make it look worse than it was. 
And this is where I think, you know, Trump is very sharp and he loves to troll these people. He just loves to troll them. He's the master troller, the troller in chief, El Trompito. Now, I say that because the media is going berserk when Marine One lands, you know, on the South Lawn and it's there and it's like, oh, the president is, uh, we're awaiting the president to be leaving uh, in Marine One. And they're all speculating, like, oh, where's he going to be? Next thing you know, they're waiting for him to come by, say hello. He doesn't do anything. The chopper takes off, and they're like, oh, how'd he get in there? Was he wheeled in? Did he go in on a stretcher? Was he pushed in on a wheelchair? The speculation began, and it's like he gives them a chance to go ahead and put their foot in their mouth, so then he can release the video of him walking out, gangsta, with his suit on, with his mask on, giving the thumbs up, saying, all right, you know, walking in, no oxygen on, none of that. Right, Kind of just like right now when he put out a video and said, by the time you get this video, I may have already surprised our supporters outside. And there he is. I'm watching him in the Bulletproof SUV waving. Hey, hey, hey. Now, the other thing that I find interesting is that the, the language around it was Trump was you know, medically evacuated or medevaced from the White House. I mean – this is not really factual, right? I mean, this is a guy that, you know, I'm not going to say that if the president wants to go to the bodega, he's probably going to go in Marine One, right? But he doesn't go to the bodega. And I get that. And I know you get that too. The, the issue that I'm talking about here is that he goes everywhere on this chopper and then he flies to the, to the Air Force One and, you know, he's got the beast if he needs to get around. He doesn't do these things. This is my point. He doesn't go to Target or to the bodega or stuff like that. So... You know, when they say, oh, he was airlifted, he's airlifted everywhere. They have to make a big deal about him being airlifted to, to the hospital where he has an office. I think the whole thing was blown out of proportion. The guy looks like a champ. Honestly, looking at this guy, I, I look at him and I think he's ready to do a rally. He looks ready to do a rally. Unlike some of the others uh, that you may hear, I think he's ready to do a debate. Now the doctors may advise against that. Granted, that may be a thing. And I, I respect that if you're having breathing problems, if you have a virus, if you're in the age group that is uh, at risk like the president is, like Joe Biden is, then I understand. You want to take these precautions. Granted. All good. Now, one of the president's uh, two opponents in last week's debate took to the airwaves you know, on Friday – saying that, you know, it must be really, really serious that the president's going to Walter Reed because there are medical facilities in the White House. And with those medical facilities in the White House, he didn't have to go to Walter Reed. He could have stayed in the White House. But the president made it clear of why he went to Walter Reed. So I want you to... Listen to this, but before I do, I'm talking about, obviously, Chris Wallace, who was Joe Biden's tag team partner in last week's two-on-one debate. Wallace was wrong again because the president released this video on his Twitter account. Again, he lets them talk their jazz, and then he comes out and trolls them. Check out the president saying why he went to Walter Reed. I came here, wasn't feeling so well. I feel much better now. We're working hard to get me all the way back. I have to be back because we still have to make America great again. We've done an awfully good job of that, but we still have steps to go and we have to finish that job. And I'll be back, I think I'll be back soon. And I look forward to finishing up the campaign the way it was started and the way we've been doing and the kind of numbers that we've been doing. We've been so proud of it. 
But this was something that happened, and it's happened to millions of people all over the world, and I'm fighting for them, not just in the U.S. I'm fighting for them all over the world. We're going to beat this coronavirus, or whatever you want to call it, and we're going to beat it soundly. So many things have happened. If you look at the therapeutics, which I'm taking right now, some of them, and others are coming out soon that are looking like uh, frankly, they're miracles, if you want to know the truth. They're miracles. People criticize me when I say that. But we have things happening that look like they're miracles coming down from God. But I had no choice because I just didn't want to stay in the White House. I was given that alternative. Stay in the White House. Lock yourself in. Don't ever leave. Don't even go to the Oval Office. Just stay upstairs and enjoy it. Don't see people. Don't talk to people. And just be done with it. And. I can't do that. I had to be out front. And this is America. This is America. Yes, sir, Mr. President. I completely agree. You have to be careful. You got to do what you've got to do. Now, we're going to be sliding right back into this straight ahead. We're going to talk about the jobs report. Keep it locked right there. I'm Rich Valdez. You're listening to Talk Radio 77 WABC. We are New York. Talking about what matters to you on New York's Talk Radio 77 WABC. Now, it's Rich Valdez. All right, New York, welcome back. Our phone number is 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. And we are going to get to your calls in a little bit. But I just wanted to mention the jobs report came in on Friday. It continues to show that jobs are being replaced. Now, some people are saying that, you know, it wasn't as aggressive as previous months. And that is, in effect, true. However, not every day is Christmas. So find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out in the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. I'm Su Lin Wong, host of The Prince, a new podcast series from The Economist. It's about China's leader, Xi Jinping. He's the most powerful man in the world, but he remains a mystery. His story is hidden behind a brutal censorship and propaganda machine. After 10 years in charge, it looks like he'll break convention to stay on, perhaps for the rest of his life. I'll tell the real story of China's leader, the lessons he learned from watching his parents lose everything and from rising through the ranks of a vicious regime. Now, he's using those lessons to control over a billion people. He's changed China, he's changed my life, and the decisions he makes affect us all. To understand what's next, you need to know where he came from. Listen to The Prince from The Economist, wherever you get your podcasts. What I mean by that is that we're trending in the right direction with a 7.9% unemployment and I think that is definitely positive for the president as he heads into re-election. Now, with small businesses reopening here in New York City, uh, one of my favorite spots right here in Midtown, Carragher's, is open for business as of today. With the open-air, outdoor, rooftop seating, Carragher's is the namesake 
of Jamie Carragher. He's an English footballer or soccer star, as I would say. And my buddy Mike Romero, his, his uh, partner, Brian McLaughlin, they do a great job running this place. And they're hosting the Liverpool game today. And I, I say all of that because there's so many businesses that are opening up. And it's exciting. It's exciting to see these businesses reopen and get back in the game. But, of course, this is a challenge. But I bring it up because Mike has a whole staff of people. It's a three-floor establishment, and he needs people to run his restaurant, his bar. Those people were out of work because of Mayor de Blasio and because of Governor Cuomo's pretty strict, very stringent regulations on coronavirus, which we talked about earlier, might even be coming back to shut down schools and other things. So – I find it exciting that businesses are rallying and they're coming back. I find it exciting that New Yorkers are excited. You know, a lot of people – somebody mentioned something on social media that I thought was interesting. I shared that there was a Trump – it wasn't really a Trump rally. It was a Republican rally called the Triumph Rally, but they were definitely there supporting Trump. And what was interesting was that it was in New York City, and somebody commented – Uh, Because I guess they read that it was in Staten Island, not realizing Staten Island is one of the five boroughs here in New York City. They said, oh, it's a shame that it's not in the Big Apple. I'm thinking, Staten Island's not the Big Apple. Come on. I mean, Frank, our very own Frank Morano, who hails from Staten Island, his name on the street is Frankie Five Boroughs. Literally, because Staten Island's a borough. So I find that... um, you know, interesting. But people who aren't New Yorkers sometimes don't realize that Staten Island's a borough. But yes, in Staten Island yesterday, there were not 100, not 200, not 500. There was several thousand people. I'll play it conservatively, and I will say that there was 2,000 people there easily. And I put this stuff up on my social media. So you, if you want to take a look at the Instagram, there's some Instagram stories there. You could see people literally as far as the camera could see, there were people. And they were extremely enthused. There was video of the president. There was amazing music, amazing people. The WABC promotions team was there in full effect. They invited me to go to say hi to some listeners. I had a chance to go. Big shout-out to the Staten Island GOP for recognizing me from the stage. It was a really great event. And what I wanted to talk about was uh, there was a slew of people that were speaking. I didn't get a chance to speak to everybody, but I did get a chance to speak with uh, Assemblywoman Nicole Maliotakis. Now, Assemblywoman Maliotakis was turning the place upside down. She gave a tremendous speech. She did a great job, and I caught up with her afterwards – we spoke a little bit about you know the political stuff, and then because she's half Cuban, half Greek, I decided you know we're still in Hispanic Heritage Month, and I know it ticks off so many people when I talk about Hispanic Heritage Month because they're like, it's America, speak English, we should have America Heritage Month. That's that's literally every day, but she's half Cuban, so we wanted to talk a little bit about that. I want to play you a little bit of our on-the-spot audio. This is exclusive to WABC Radio because nobody else uh, was there when I was interviewing her. She did a separate deal with the other uh, outlets, and they didn't talk about this. Check this out. Speaking of future generations, your family has Hispanic roots. Talk a little bit about that since there's two weeks left of Hispanic Heritage Month. Right there. <laughs> Look, I, I'm, I'm, I'm very proud. I'm very proud of my I'm very proud of my heritage, and my mother really taught me a lot and inspired me to to, to pursue this path of public service. I mean, she's so passionate about this nation. Both my parents are... 
extremely patriotic, uh, and they love this country because of the opportunity that it presented to them. And we're not going to allow the Democrats to implement policies that my parents and millions of immigrants fled and came here uh, to escape. So Assemblyman, excuse me, Assemblywoman Meliotakis was discussing, you know, how her mom, who was there with her, adorable woman, very, very charming uh, team that she has with her. It was nice that she was there with her mother, had uh, a lot to say. And there was more, but that's all we're going to play for you right now because there's a lot to talk about. And I'm not going to talk about Hispanic Heritage Month as a whole, but this segment, I did want to get into a little bit of that because it was pretty cool that she mentioned that. And it was also pretty cool I was scrolling through Twitter, and I saw that the legendary salsa singer, Willy Colon, if you don't know him, Google him. He's tremendous. He's a monster. He's a beast in the salsa game. Willy Colon tweeted at me, and it was a video of a group called, I think it's called Los Havana Tres, the Havana Three, and they are the, the children of, of a famous Cuban uh, television presenter. And they created this cool, catchy salsa song in Spanish, but then they translated it into English. And I thought it was really interesting because in years past, I had not seen this level of enthusiasm amongst uh, African Americans, amongst Hispanics for a Republican. There's always been a contingent. I've been a Hispanic Republican since I could vote. But I've never seen this much enthusiasm. So I want you to hear a little bit of their song. Check this out. So speaking of good music and speaking of just having a good time, uh, me and my primo, my man Juan, we went out there and I said, you know what, let's let's go grab a drink. One of my another favorite restaurant of mine. This one's on the Jersey side of the Hudson. It's Waterside Restaurant and Catering. They're tremendous. Waterside Restaurant and Catering has some amazing views. It's on the Hudson River. Now I've personally patronized this place for my kid's birthday, for when I go out. It's one of my favorite first date spots. So I really love the place. But I also, with my philanthropy and things like that, I've had a lot of events there. And if you're having events or weddings or whatever, great place to go. We were there. We were hanging out outside by the water. It got a little chilly. And I said, you know what? Let's go inside. We'll get another round. Then we'll leave. Uh, and I, I enjoy Malbec, which is a really good wine that comes from Argentina. And we were getting a drink. And I see... The owners. And now this place is run by siblings. This is a – think of like the Trump organization, the way he's got his kids running the whole place. Very similar at Waterside Restaurant and Catering. So I bumped into the one of the owners. I said, oh, hi, Francis. How are you? And, you know, we were talking and we got into a really interesting talk that you don't think you would get into when you go to, to a restaurant. But it was so important because we started discussing the culture. So I'm going to give out the phone number, and hopefully if Francis is listening and she can call, I'd love for anybody who wants to talk about this to call, 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. And uh, let's head over to the phones, and let's check in with Francis in North Bergen. Francis, what's going on? 
Hi, Rich. How are you? Oh, I'm doing great. great. seeing you last night. Thank you. Thank you. It was nice to be there. And I had a great yeah. time, great food, good music, excellent chef. My best to Gus. So we bumped into each other last night, and we only have, let's say, about a minute and a half or two minutes before I got to hit a break. But I thought it was really telling that, you know, we, we talked about, oh, how are you? How's your family? What's going on? And then it evolved into the culture. And you said something to me about young people not knowing how much, um, not value, but what was the word you used about um, purpose? Well, I, Tell me I see my daughter that I need to make her hungry. And um, you know, I'm first generation like you. Mm-hmm. Actually, you're from Puerto Rico. Yeah, my parents are Puerto Rico. I'm from Brooklyn. Yeah. Yeah. So we're first generation and our parents didn't have and they made us hungry because we were hungry. And now we're seeing the second generation, how they are more privileged than we are. And they're not hungry because they don't have a purpose. And so we need to give them a purpose, like to do good or to help elderly, to help, you know, friends in need, and, or even, a, even better yet, a stranger. So you don't expect anything back because you're going to be disappointed yeah, with now, your friends or your family. Yeah, I, I uh, totally agree. Something that you said last night really stuck out to me. And it was you were talking about how other college students and other people in that age group feel like they don't have purpose. Tell us more about that. No. Well, they don't have purpose um, from an outside perspective. And my daughter, again, if you're giving everything to your child, you're giving them money, you're giving them an education, you're giving them money to spend, they become bored. And then they become depressed. Um, We were from the bottom, so we look up. So it's only going up and you're exciting and you, you know, you love the chase um, where they don't have anything to chase. And then they become boredom and they don't have anything. The only thing they might have is like what we were talking about, how um, anorexia and eating disorders are so, uh, they're more common because that's the only thing young girls have control yeah or even the insatiable need for for therapy and things like that yes so uh, the key is to have a purpose make them hungry and um and strive because if you give them everything they're not going to be hungry they're not going to have a purpose and then they're going to be depressed and lonely and then um maybe get in trouble too yeah and you know so, uh, those are all great points, I think, because of the culture wars that we're fighting. But I wanted to also talk about small business because you're a small business owner. And you're a woman. You're a minority. You're an immigrant. All of these things. So, you know, I guess give me 30 seconds of, of your best advice for all of these small businesses that are reopening right now during this difficult time. Oh, my best advice would be um, you're not above anyone else. If the dishwasher needs help, you put your hands in the dirty water. If the waiter needs help, you need to help. You need to be, you know, transparent and you need to be a worker like we were when we were younger instead of just uh, being in the office and just asking for coffee and just doing some paper uh, work and being on the phone or on the computer. You're right, Fran. 
I'm out of time, but I, I could talk to you all day. It's always a pleasure to have you uh, on the program. I look forward to speaking with you a little bit more. Maybe we could get you back during the week. I am Rich Valdez. You're listening to Talk Radio 77 WABC. Up next, all of your calls and a little bit more. .com. We are New York on New York's Talk Radio 77 WABC. Now it's Rich Valdez. Who is a budding radio star, by the way. Richie Valdez is terrific. All right, New York, welcome back. I am Rich Valdez with an S, at Rich Valdez on all the social media, at Rich Valdez. Uh, make sure to follow me and uh, give me a tweet or follow me and leave a comment. I want to know what's on your mind. I know a lot of people are shy to call in, but we're going to get to your calls right now. Our phone number is 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-WABC. Before we do, U.S. election poll. This is from The Express in uh, the U.K., U.S. election poll, Trump is beating Biden despite being hospitalized with COVID-19. This is an exclusive that came out a little while ago, just before I got on the air. The 14-page poll, I don't have time to go through all of it now, but basically the the snapshot is that the president's uh, national job approval numbers, um, they've moved up and down a little bit, but for the most part, he's got a lower disapproval than he has approval. So that is a good thing. And the big number here, 68% of people that were polled said that the illness would not affect their vote, while 19% said they were more likely to support Trump now, and only 13% said they're less likely. So, all that being said, let's hit the phones. I want to go to Andrew in Stanhope, New Jersey. What's on your mind? Hola, mi amigo. What's up, brother? Tu estas bueno cortezón. Thanks. What's on your mind? And, uh... To tenes mucho amor. Well, nobody understands America. what you're saying. <laughs> you're a good-hearted man, and Thank you, you have sir. much love for America. And uh, I just want to ask too, like about your. There's others out there in the media, but the nice call screener Jennifer told me don't say any names. But how do you feel? It's very uh, sickening and offensive to me when people lie. But they said, "Oh, Rich Valdez, he's getting popular. He doesn't." believe what he says. He's well, not I mean, that's really not supported by fact. I mean, it'd be very difficult. Anybody would be very hard-pressed to say that I'm some sort of progressive liberal that's in the closet. I have a very, very long history of being a conservative. It just happens to be how I've rolled since I was a teenager. However, you're right. There are people out there in the media. There are certain um, progressives that are aggressive in their approach. And it's kind of like an ugly girl at a bar. She may try to get your attention, and you just ignore her because you're not going to go there. You know, the reality is there's certain people in this business that you – know, let's use Mark Levin, for example. Right? If we use Mark Levin, Mark Levin has guests – who are the guests on the Mark Levin show? The president of the United States, the secretary of state. These are the level of guests he would get. He would never really stoop to a lower standard to bring a substandard guest on the, his program. So – you know, using standards like that, I appreciate that people say that I'm getting popular. And, of course, you know, they, if people aren't hating, I'm not doing my job right. So no offense to the ugly girls at the bar. Just not my thing. Now, I appreciate your call. Let's uh, keep it moving. I want to go to Nick in Long Island. Nick, what's on your mind? What's up, Rich? What's up, brother? I'm ready for a cafecito bustelo. By the way, I know Nick. Nick is a buddy of mine. He's a professor. He's a patriot. And if I had time to plug your show, I would, but I don't. So oh, what's on your okay. mind? Well, I just wanted to talk about it. it's amazing how all the media is like a bunch of vultures. They see President Trump sick, and they're looking to take him down. They feel that, that he's weak at this point. 
But the reality is that President Trump will survive this. He will overcome this. And we got to look at if the president can get the coronavirus, well, then did the lockdowns even work at all? I think that's the most fundamental question that we have to ask now, that the lockdowns were pointless, considering we're seeing cases go up all over the place. Yeah, very good point. I don't know even where I'm at on that one. The jury is out. I think that obviously if we would have shut down the subway system in New York during our lockdown, yeah, I think we might have seen better results. But what what the mayor right now is proposing, I don't know how the governor – I do have a, an idea of how the governor is going to respond. I think he's going to say, well, you know, just rewind a little bit to when he would say things like, oh, we have to do what we're doing in New York. We have to do it in Jersey, and we're going to have to do it in Connecticut. Why? Because he felt that if, if you shut things down in New York and you don't shut them down in New Jersey or Connecticut, people were going to go across state lines to go do this and go do that. So I do have a feeling that that's going to be the, the governor's thinking, and they may try to lock things down again ahead of Election Day. That, I think, would prove to be, um, I'm not going to say fatal, but a very, very big political miscalculation. I think people are going to see that and say, you know what? Screw you. I've had enough. I want my liberty. I completely agree. I think that's where people are right now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Nick, thank you so much. Um, and I, the PAS report, great show. I'll be checking it out real soon coming up this week. I think we'll nail that down again. Thank you, Nick. Let's go to Helene. Helene, line three. I'm Rich Valdez. You're on Talk Radio 77. Hi there. Thank you for taking my call. I'm the Colombian uh, coffee lady. Oh, what does that mean? That uh, one Valdez. That's my dad. No, that's the from the Colombian coffee commercial. Wow, this is great. What are you drinking besides coffee? Because you sound like you three sheets to the wind. No, I'm not. Huh. All okay. right, what's on your mind? Uh, there is what I called. Uh, I listened to NPR yesterday morning when Sorry they interviewed the, doc- the team. And uh, after they uh, the doctors gave the report, they had a uh, question period from the media and there was this one woman that asked at least three times, maybe four, if uh, the president was on um, on oxygen on Friday. And the doctor mm-hmm. said that he's not authorized to provide the information. And after the uh, question period was It's only over, an hour-long show, ma'am. What's the point? All right, let's go to Jimmy in that. Brooklyn. Jimmy, what's on your mind, brother? attacks on Trump. Uh, This amounts to torture. I've never seen bullying to this extent. Nobody could withstand this. They actually could weaken his immune system. So these people are dangerous. Now, are you talking about the people at Walter Reed? No, no, the people that are attacking Trump and the media. Some people are wishing him harm. Some of these people are so evil. They're the type of people, God forbid, if we had death camps, some of these people are vicious enough. They'd be the very ones, the very type that would be involved in that type of stuff. Oh, no One question, Jimmy. I mean, and just I just want to talk about that for a second. In looking, you know, when when President Obama was in office, my kids were little, and I would kneel down beside their bed with them every night as I tucked them in and we would pray for the president of the United States because I wanted them to grow up with the tradition of praying for the commander in chief, whomever it would be. And it really does sicken me that Americans have gotten to a point and I'm going to say probably a godless point because they've really abandoned virtue and all things good and holy for the sake of hating orange man bad. And that, to me, is sickening. And I just wanted to put that out there. Go ahead. And Trump actually did a good job, maybe inadvertently. He helped expose just who America's enemies are. 
many, maybe not all, but most of these people, many of these people that are attacking him viciously, those are the enemies. In fact, if you go to America Online, look up Popular Front. Uh, I'll take a look at it, Jimmy. I'm sorry. We're down to 30 seconds, and I've got to give a couple of plugs. But what's the bottom line for you? Ten seconds. Go. All right. Got it. Jimmy hung up on me. He's taking a page from my playbook. Anyway, bottom line here is I I wanted to remind you guys that I am the host of This Is America podcast right here at Talk Radio 77 WABC. You can get it on WABCradio.com or through the WABC Radio app. And check me out right here next Sunday. I will have my Cafe Bustelo, so I won't be as cranky as I was today. I'm Rich Valdez. This is America. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade.